You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Eat Bread Podcast, Podcast, Podcast. Super special guest, Andrew Majipani, joins us today. Didn't have a, a lot of time to speak with him, but we rattled off a bunch of questions. What a nice dude. Nicer, as nice a dude as he is good a hockey player, it seems. You know, it's interesting because I remember when we first started this, this podcast, uh, it's our fourth season. So, and I mentioned it on the podcast, the analytics crowd loves this guy's analytics have always been pointing to how, you know, Good of a two-way player, semi-elite. Now I think he is bonafide getting into the elite category as far as two-way players are concerned. But And I remember you're like, oh, no, this, this guy's legit. He's legit. Put him in the top six. Play him. And I remember my whole thing was like, I look, I'm not arguing against that, but until the actual results in terms of counting stats catch up with them, He's not going to be given more and more and more opportunity. And this is a guy that has grinded his way to a top six role in the NHL on a really good team. And there's going to be lots of people that will argue he belongs on the top line. I agree. Um, obviously, like he mentioned, Daryl Sutter will do what's best for the team as a whole. But what a great story for an NHL career that Manju, Manju Manjupani has had so far. What a great story he's been uh, for this organization. Yeah, I mean, pass, he went through the draft twice, right? Passed up on his first year of eligibility, picked in the sixth round. And like we kind of talked about it, he's just like gradually worked his way up every year. And I mean, I used to talk and be like, so like <clears throat> get him on the team, get him up the lineup, get him on the team because – Back then, I used to watch Stockton a lot, and he had two really great years in Stockton. We we saw him play a cup of coffee in, I think, 2017, 2018, end of the season when the Flames were out of it. And then he went back. He didn't make the team the next year, but he was fantastic in Stockton. He was like point per game through like 15 or 20 games there. Flames called him up, and he's just been such a good player ever since. Um, what a freaking success story, dude. And now he's like legitimately a, a top line some people, including myself, would say Selkie caliber player on the best, one of the best teams, the Stanley Cup favorite team, if you talk to a lot of people. So pretty cool. There are, there are a lot of, we'll get to it probably after the show, but yeah, there's a lot of I love analysts picking the Flames to win the Cup. But yeah, I mean, low-key fan favorite as well, right? If it's not for, if it wasn't for Lucic being the fan favorite, I mean, this guy... So many nights you go on social media, you go on Twitter after the game. You're just like, dude, this guy does not deserve enough credit. 
Um, he single-handedly works his balls off and lifts his, elevates his line, elevates his teammates, sometimes helping you win the game, um, scoring big goals. Got a hell of a season last season. Huge goals. Like, again, like he talks about that Colorado goal in yeah. 2019 being so huge. Like that was, people don't realize how good that line was for that team that year that had so much yeah. success. Like he was a huge part, maybe an underrated huge part of that team success that year. That's silly. Oh, dude. I can Hathaway? still see the celly against Colorado. And you mentioned it in the Dallas game. I mean, that was a must-win game turning point in the series. Yeah. Turning point in and, this franchise almost. And weren't we down? We were down. We're down one nothing. Yeah. And then who scored the first one? He set up Backlund and Backlund set up him. That was unbelievable. That was like probably outside of Johnny Gaudreau scoring an overtime game, like the biggest goal of the season. And like you said, fan favorite, he's kind of been my fan favorite for a little, a really yes. long time. So I did do a little bit of fanboying with him while he was on. So um, he's long been my favorite player. And um, I think this year he's going to blow people's socks off with how good, like, like it was like last year, remember the beginning of the year, he's scoring, like he had like 20 goals by Christmas. He was unreal. He was just blowing the doors off. I think he's going to do the same again this year, except be even more consistent and be even better. Enjoy the uh, the quick conversation with Andre Mangiapane leading up to the 2022-23 season. We are beyond thrilled to be uh, joined by our favorite player person in the entire organization. Probably, pretty much, I think, up to this point. Mr. Andre Mangiapane coming off a career season. You've had a hell of a calendar year there, bud. Um, 35 goals. I mean, even going back further with world championships. Signed the extension in the offseason. Congratulations on all that. Has Rasmus Anderson like sent you any congratulatory, uh, like a watch or a meal no. or, or anything like that because of the contract? No, no, Razzy. Razzy wouldn't do anything like that for me. Uh, he would probably now want me to pay for all the all the dinners and everything like that. But <laughs> I took care of him of, of I took care of him enough and kind of stocked in there. So I think he kind of still owes me a lot. <laughs> Dude, I mean, I think his contract, there should be residuals on his deal that he signed a few years ago. Cause I know you did like all the cooking and stuff in Stockton for him, right? Keep him yeah. in shape, keep him in healthy and stuff. Yeah, I was cooking good for him. I cooked a lot of pasta, made him a little maybe too heavy, but uh <laughs> no, no, he was it's all good, right? But uh yeah, it was a great time in Stockton, right? Uh, him being kind of my roommate and all that. But yeah, like you said, I kind of took care of him, cooked clean, did all the housework, and all he had to do was focus on playing. So <laughs> Well, you both nice. earned the contracts. It's awesome. Um, I'll just quickly ask you about Ras. Like, that's cool, right? Like, you guys came up through Barry, through Stockton. Everybody kind of knows you've been buddies for a while. Like, that's kind of sweet, right? The experience must be pretty wild to, to come up like that. But now you're, like, both very important yeah. players on one of the best teams in the league. What's that been like? Yeah, it's it's been great, right? Um, obviously, when he first came to, came to Barry, we didn't really – obviously didn't know each other, right? So he's a little quiet. Uh, his English kind of wasn't the best and everything like that, but, um, you know, but we, we kind of been on the same path together, right? We went to Stockton together. We got kind of called up around the same time, right? And obviously we lived together there in that Stockton time. And like, it was, it's crazy. Right. And, uh, I think when you kind of first get drafted and, uh, you're going to a new team and things like that, you're probably a little scared and everything, but, uh, I was, I was okay. I was confident just because I knew I, I had a friend there and, and I knew somebody and that was kind of, and that's, you know, big, right. And our friendships kind of continuing to grow uh, still to this day. And honestly, he's probably one of my closer friends that I kind of have now. 
Cool. All right, man. The uh, the big talk of obviously the offseason was what Brad Treliving went through, losing Johnny Gajora free agency, and then Matthew Kachuk decided he said, well, didn't want to stay long term. We got to ask you, I know you've been asked about it before, but I'm curious because we're sitting here as we're as fans, like we've pretty much watched every single game last season, um, follow the ups and downs. And we boy, do we ride the ups and downs. I know you guys aren't allowed to get too high, too low. We don't give a shit. We just go, we <laughs> We, we live it all. So the uh, season for us was obviously a roller coaster. What's it like being a player on the team going through um, losing Johnny Gaudreau, obviously arguably the best player on the team and Matthew Kachuk right up there too. Was yeah. there a certain point where you're like, holy shit, we're, we might suck next year. Or were you kind of, what, what is it like from yeah, your perspective as a player? It was crazy, honestly. Um, obviously, you know, Johnny, you always knew kind of Johnny could could leave, you know, entering that UFA kind of market and all that. Um, Chucky kind of caught me for a surprise just because he is kind of restricted, right? So the only way he'd move was by trade, right? And um, Yeah, it was just kind of crazy how that all went. But we kind of – I found out just as when you guys were kind of finding out, right, and all the fans were finding out, it was – I was um, – I don't know. I wasn't in the loop either and everything like that. So when I heard, I was kind of shocked and – um didn't know what was going to happen with our team but um yeah luckily um you know we made some good moves and trades and everything and you know our, our team's looking uh pretty good right now yeah i, I Brad yeah. killed it <laughs> yeah, pulled yeah. A, a total rabbit out of the hat out of the hat do you feel i mean the biggest the biggest question mark and talking point right now is are the flames better than they were last season obviously it's too early to tell but what is your sense in terms of what you lost and what been replaced how do you feel like you guys are going to do this season? Yeah, you know, obviously it's um, it's tough, right, when you kind of lose, uh, you know, two players like that. And obviously we're gaining some pretty good players as well. So, again, I don't know if we're better or worse, whatever it is. But I, I think uh, on paper we're better. But, again, we have to, you know, come together now. And that's uh, what we've been kind of doing the last couple weeks here at training camp is just coming together as a team and uh and just figuring out how kind of everyone gels and um, start building that chemistry. Right. And I think that's, um, that's big in this league is, you know, the chemistry and the communication and just kind of everyone being on the same page. So um, I'm sure we still got some uh, work to do, but again, it's been a, it's been a good uh, couple of weeks here at training camp and can't wait to get the season started. Yeah. I'm sure you're ready to just get rolling. And I mean, you're a guy you've played with pretty much everyone, um, and really elevated everyone on you. Like you going back to that utility line, you played with Hath and, and Derek Ryan. You yeah. got some time with Chucky and, and Backlin. I mean, it looks like you, you've been playing lately with with Dylan Dubé and, and Nas. What do you, do you think about stuff like that? Like, obviously, you mentioned building chemistry, but like from a player's perspective, like you know, two two new line mates to start the season. It looks like. Um, how do you approach you know working with Dylan Dubé and, and Nas and And I know you're probably just absolutely stoked to get to play with those guys. Yeah, those are two, you know, great guys, right? And yeah, like you said, I've kind of been kind of playing everywhere and, and you know, I'm okay with that and everything. But again, it's about kind of building that chemistry and, uh, and gelling, right? So that just goes back to our training camp and that's how you do kind of gel is kind of, you know, working hard and practice and, you know, those preseason games, yeah, they're preseason, but it's uh, good for just kind of knowing where, you know, people like to be on the ice and little little things like that where you got to play in order to start feeling out your kind of teammates and knowing what they like and what they don't like. 
Yeah. So Daryl Sutter comes in and replaces Jeff Ward, uh, wins the coach of the year. Obviously, the players did the work, right? Okay. But it's hard to to watch from an outside perspective and not say Daryl Sutter put a massive uh, change and impact into this team's success last year. Um, what's it like playing for Daryl? Was it was there a big change that you noticed from coach to coach? Yeah, I think uh, with Daryl, he just kind of he you know pushes you to be your best, right? And you could always respect that in in a coach, right? Uh, he's uh, sometimes tough on you or whatever, but it's more tough on you so that you know the team the team is better, right? So you know going. And playing for him, it's it's been great for us, been great for our group because, you know, he wants to win and he wants everyone to do the best that they can. And he's going to push you to get that out of you. Has he ever yeah. threatened to, like, take you to the farm or something and make you do clean no, up no, cow no. crap and stuff? Nothing <laughs> like that. Nothing like that. Maybe maybe this season sometime, but no, not yet. <laughs> he's known for, uh, for a coach that likes to build one-on-one relationships. Um, just curious, like when you started a new season with this new roster, has he, does he talk to you about what his intentions are and for your personal utilization on the team? Does he, like, from our perspective, I think the top six is, is pretty wide open in terms of who's playing with who. Yeah. Obviously you're going to start the season with Kadri and, and, and Dubé, but do you think you might get a shot at top line or does he talk to you about that or? How does yeah, that no, he doesn't. He doesn't really talk about that uh, that much, right? I think uh, he's a kind of a day-by-day kind of coach, right? And you kind of got to earn your ice time and, you know, earn your opportunity, right? Um, right? And, you know, I think everyone, you know, likes that in somewhat in a coach, right? Because, you know, if you do are playing well or if you do something right and you are putting in the work, then maybe there will be some, you know, opportunity and some uh, benefits that, you know, come along with it if he sees fit, right? But, uh yeah, nothing, uh, nothing like, uh, you know, little things like uh, who you're playing with or anything like that. It's more just, you know, go out there and play. Cool. Yeah. So these newcomers, um, what do you think from what you've seen so far and past experience that Kadri is going to bring to the team? The same with Hubert Oliger. Yeah, they're all great players, smart, skilled. Right. So, um, you know, it's, it's going to be, I think, an exciting season, right? Um, I think those three kind of coming in, right? It kind of, you know, jolts our jolts our room a little bit there, and some new faces. But uh, again, now it's time to almost put in more work and to build that chemistry and uh, you know start gelling as a team, right? Uh, obviously, they're they're great um, individual players, but now it's about coming together as you know as a team and coming together as one. Yeah, you know, like you've kind of every year, it seems kind of ascended a little bit more, improved your game, you know, year to year, really worked your way up the lineup to being like a top player on this team. What what kind of like expectations do you set for yourself heading into a year like this where, you know, like you do, ha- you you are signed, thank God, for a few years here, locked in. We've been like, oh, we've been, we were sweating it a little bit. <laughs> During the off season, we're like, can't lose Manji too. Oh man. No, so, no. um, you know, you've got a little stability. The team has a little stability too, you know, with the new guys coming in, there's a new core group of guys. Like how, how do you see, what are your kind of expectations for yourself? What are you looking to do this year, next year, just in the next few years? Yeah. I'm just looking to kind of continuing to grow my, grow my game and, you know, help the team win in whatever way possible. Right. Um, I think when I first kind of came into the league, I was a little nervous, uh, maybe shy. 
and everything like that. And each year I've been having more success just because I've been playing with more confidence. Right. And I think that's um, huge in this league is to play with confidence and just to kind of believe in yourself. And so I'm, I'm excited for the season to kind of start and, you know, I had a good summer training and working out and, you know, building on my, myself on my game. So, you know, now it's just time to go out there and play and kind of have fun. Right. I mean, you've always been a impactful player and I know the analytics crowd loves you. I don't know if you follow much about analytics, but it was really obviously uh, winning the MVP at the, the, at the world cup that, and then rolling that into next season that now everybody across the league recognizes you as a legit elite player. Um, Was there something specific during that tournament that just, you just springboard and took off or was just, that was kind of how things were just, that's the way things were going to roll. Yeah. It seemed like it was time. Yeah. I think it just, that's just how things were kind of willing to roll there. I still there. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. It was kind of cut out there. Yeah. No, when I went to kind of, world champions you know it was I don't know what it was right it just kind of took off from there and then I think you know my confidence just kind of grew in myself right and you know like I said confidence is huge in this league so I went out when I came back you know it was just okay let's just continue to keep playing my game right and that's all it really was I think right there's a really funny story I gotta tell you um we were both on social media he does Instagram I do Twitter yeah but when when Team Canada announced you that you were going to join the team there was some winnipeg fan brett chesley is his name and he said oh yeah manji who i mean he's this guy is not even a top six player in a team in the nhl or just because he's on the flames and so every all the whole flames fan base piled on and then it's been a running joke ever since because you've been like uh, lights out right you win the mvp you have a yeah. outstanding season um and even the carrier flames twitter was getting on this guy's case because oh, he wow. kept on saying, uh, we every time we get a goal count going on social media, he's like, Brett, Chesley, tag, oh, 18, 19. He's going to score 20 before Christmas. <laughs> yeah. He's like, call me when he hits 30. So when you hit 30 last season, the uh, we all had the the memes of calling this guy, right, tagging him, and the Calgary Flames got on that band. It was pretty funny. No, no, that's good. It was See, awesome. That's why, you know, the Calgary Flames fans are the best, and they're loyal, and you know, they'll always have your back, right? So yeah, uh, we got your fun. back. Sorry. <laughs> um, you're obviously okay. You're one of the most enjoyable players to watch. You work your ass off, um, going into the dirty corners, setting up greasy goals, scoring greasy goals. We're curious, you might have mentioned this before, but is there a specific player growing up you modeled or um loved to watch? Like, is there someone infused in your game today that you used to watch? Yeah, I always kind of grew up kind of watching Martin St. Louis, right? He was a kind of smaller player. And, you know, everyone kind of told me you're too small, you're not going to make the NHL, this, that, right? But I always looked at him saying, well, he's a smaller player and he's playing in the NHL, so kind of why can't I, right? So I always kind of looked up to him and, uh, you know, he was kind of my idol growing up for sure. Marty's got cool. those huge legs, man. Dude worked yeah. out like a beast. Oh, man, I love Marty, yeah. too. A um, couple more for you. You've had some pretty, like, you seem like a guy who, like, rises to the occasion in the playoffs. Um, you've had some pretty memorable playoff moments over the past few years. Huge goal against the Avs a couple years ago. You had some great goals against Winnipeg in the playing round. You scored the absolute goal of the year in game five against Dallas, that bar down snipe against Ottinger. 
Um, what's I'm just curious what the experience is like, like, especially this year when it was just so it seemed that Dallas series specifically was so tense. It was just we were hanging on every single play. What is it like playing in a tense playoff series like that? in the saddle dome, like all eyes on you. Like, it's just crazy. Like you seem like a guy who would, who loves that. What's that like? Yeah, it's obviously, you know, fun and, you know, it's great when you kind of score those kind of big goals and everything like that. But yeah, I remember in Colorado and Dallas, right. It was kind of, everyone's kind of on their seats. It was tied both games type thing. Right. And just kind of when you score the whole dome, just kind of erupts and it's just so loud. You don't even know what you're even thinking of at that moment. You're just, it's just, it's crazy. Right. So it's just, and that's why we kind of love the game and, and play the game, right? It's for the, you know, those opportunities like that and just having the whole kind of crowd erupt. It was kind of so unreal, right? You still get kind of chills uh, just thinking about that. Well, man, that yeah. was the best. That was the best. That sound <laughs> when you beat on your home, man. <laughs> last one, last one from me anyways, you know, yeah. you guys get ousted by the Oilers. It was really tough. I'm, I can't even imagine what it was like for you guys. I just got to ask, like, obviously you hate these guys as much as we do, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think kind of losing, losing sucks, obviously, but I mm-hmm. think uh, losing to Edmonton's just kind of almost makes it worse. Right. Um, obviously it's kind of, it's good for, you know, the game and everything like that. Right. How there's, you know, now there's two kind of competitive teams and it's, you know, it's you know, honestly, it's great hockey every time we play them and it's, full of the energy and emotion. And those are, you know, those games are fun to play in. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just kind of losing to them, it kind of, kind of hurts. Right. So, but again, all those games in the, in the playoffs were all pretty close. I think we were, had three or four kind of games kind of go tied going into the third there. Right. And obviously they got the better of us, but yeah, it's, uh, it's still tough, still stings, but uh, got to learn from our kind of mistakes and, you know, make it better this year. You'll get them this year. One, one more last one for, from from me. Um, you're playing Matthew Kachuk. First time you play Matthew Kachuk, are you going after him or who's who's he coming after on the Flames? <laughs> I, um, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's gonna be it's gonna be different, right? Playing those guys, right? Um, obviously they're good people, you know, and obviously you play with them for a while and they become you know your friends and everything like that, right? But it's kind of the business of the job that the that they kind of left and they're gone type thing right so now it's um you know now you just kind of got to go out there and kind of play against them and kind of give it your all and and not even kind of worry about that uh type of thing right what was your uh i mean michael rattled off a few few of these big goals you've scored the colorado series obviously man what game was that game five against dallas yeah game five that was a must-win game and it was tight all the way to the finish and then you and you and back connected a couple times there. Um, yeah. It reminds me of, was it uh, Colorado? No, it was Nashville, right? You've had some crazy games with Nashville. Um, there's that one game, I think it was, was when Chucky scored it between the legs, but, yeah. or maybe it was a different one, but I know, I know you guys have, you've scored a lot of big time goals. Which one stands out as like the pinnacle for you? Yeah, kind of. Um, I think that Colorado one's always kind of going to be almost yeah. up there, mm-hmm. on there, just because obviously you know we we didn't do too well in that series, but just uh, that goal personally was you know for my first playoffs goal and first of that, I guess that playoff run that that we had there, right? Obviously we didn't go that far, but yeah, it was the 
that was, that one kind of was like, oh wow, you know, this is this is great. This is amazing that you know the crowd just erupted it and it was just again so surreal that you know just everything kind of going on. Right? That was game one, right? Yeah, that was game one. Yeah, I was there. Were you there, Michael? Yeah, I was there. It was awesome. We were there. We were there. <laughs> yeah, I awesome. was there for for Edmonton this year too. Yeah. Game one and two. Game one was absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, ups and downs. I was there for game two. Thought it was going to be a repeat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, does <laughs> does Daryl? How does he break down that series when it's all said and done? Does he is is Edmonton a talking point for him? Like for you as a team, obviously you hate him. How are you guys going to beat these guys this year? Yeah, it's not really kind of a talking point I think uh you know it was a close series and honestly it could have probably went either way and you know you know a couple of mistakes that I think we made ourselves and you know it cost us the the series right so again you gotta kind of learn from that and keep continuing to grow and keep continuing to get better as a player right and you know obviously now we got some new guys coming in right but um yeah we just gotta continue to grow as a team and and you know just honestly just kind of be better and kind of learn from our mistakes right Hey, buddy. Right, Matt, well, all our questions. We really appreciate it. You're oh. we we love watching you play. We're so glad you you're signed for the next few years on an absolute discount. I may add, so uh, we know you're going to cash in next time because you work your ass off. You're one of the best players on the team, the best 88 in the league for my money. So uh, we really appreciate it. Good luck tomorrow. Good luck this season. We know you guys are going to kill it. So we'll see you in the dome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again, and thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you are in for a great season. New customers can bet just 5 bucks on any team and get 200 bucks in free bets if they win. You can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. You can combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win in their game, and get $200 in free bets if they do. That code is THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. What a beauty, Andrew Mangiapane. Low-key, gotta be... My favorite thing. Yeah, he's awesome. Has he's, to my, be. he's my he's legit. The 88 jerseys are gonna be I I'm not I was gonna wear my jersey's not ready yet, so I'm actually kind of glad because I would have felt a little too fanboy wearing it in front of him. So that would be I, weird. Yeah, yeah. I, it's probably do you good, think actually. he'll score 40? Maybe we should have asked him. Think you're gonna score 40 this year. I think he'll be I think he'll definitely be close. 35 last year, 35 last year without power play one time playing on a, uh, a checking line with Michael Backlund for a lot of the year. And if he wasn't playing with Backlund, he was playing with Monaghan who struggled a lot. So it'll be interesting because so much emphasis is being put on the top line rolling into the start of the season. Not much is being put on the second line, but like you said, look what he did last year. He's, he's playing with Nazem Kadri now. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, well, I mean, again, Backlund's a great player, but he's not a particularly offensive player, right? Like, a lot of the goals Mangiapane has scored over the years have been Mangiapane creates. Like, remember last week we've talked about this a lot. He creates goals out of thin air all by himself. So, if he's playing with a guy like Kadri who can get him the puck in the way Kadri can, like, it could be 
he could be in line for a lot of goals. This oh, yeah. He's a – mind you, he's a dog on a bone. And we've said this before, Dylan Dubé has that element to his game as well. Yeah. We've always kind of thought they'd be a good mm-hmm. pairing on a line, but it's never really panned out, but it's never really been tested. Well, I think, you know what, like the lines have been rolling out in – and you asked him, like, does he think he's going to get a shot at the top line? So they've done a little bit of tinkering. So Monge had been skating on the left side with with Kadri for most of camp, but they've switched him to the right side and moved Dubé to the left wing recently, which I think is good because it serves two purposes. Maybe it preps Monge Pani for swapping out with Toffoli um, on the top on the top right wing, but I think that also serves Dubé um, well because uh, we've talked about this before. So I think Dubé is a better center than he is a right winger. And I think he's a better left winger than he is a right winger as well. He seems to struggle when he's on his off wing. So I think that little adjustment might give us a little hint as to what Daryl's planning. What a great interview. What a, what a beauty. I love this guy. Um, low key favorite flame. I really hope he gets the 40 so he can continue to stick it to Brett Chesley all season long. <laughs> all right, man. Um, more news to cover while we're on here. I mean, it's we're we're the eve of the Calgary Flames season opener here, um, slash home opener. You got Colorado tomorrow, but uh, the latest news is Michael Stone <laughs> is is given his his yearly contract. His yearly contract. His yearly. Okay, I don't know of a guy who has to work his ass off more for a league minimum one year deal every year though. That guy yeah. earns it. And rightfully so, man. Like, I mean, was he not one of the top three defensemen in camp? Yeah, and he's going to play tomorrow, it sounds like. Like, if you want to have a story of, look, Milano had a chance to make the team out of camp. He can probably wouldn't, wasn't going to make it anyways, but Milano is a bit of a, a bit of a bust in that sense. But you have a guy like Stone just made the fucking team out of camp. I mean, he might, maybe he made it out of last season's and the playoff performance as well, but there's no reason why this guy shouldn't be on the opening roster. No, he was one of the best without Chillington around. He was one of the best six defensemen, <laughs> like, like clearly, clearly. So, and man, it's, it's funny how this has come like full circle to be like a joke to being like, we embrace this guy so much. It's freaking hilarious. I'm blasting it. All right. The other news uh, from this week is, are you going to name a captain? Calgary Flames slash Daryl Sutter. Daryl Sutter says, nope. I mean, hey, if anybody understands what it's like to be a captain, Daryl Sutter does. I don't know how many years he was a captain, but he was, he's was he been a captain for plenty of seasons in his, in his NHL career. I think the Sutter family as a whole probably knows. Um, are you surprised by this? Do you agree with this? Daryl Sutter says, no, we don't need one. It's a really real big pressure in the Canadian market, more so than other markets. It's just not the same. It doesn't compute. It says you don't need to have a guy carrying the cross every night. And it, quite frankly, he's still waiting to see who the hands down next captain of this team is going to be. He hasn't seen it yet. Yeah, I have. We haven't seen it yet, right? Like, who would you give it to? So, unless there's a clear cut captain, right? Unless there's a Jerome McGinley, why? Why go down that road? I totally agree with it. I know the I know the fake Twitter insiders were ablaze with this pending captain news, um, but you know there there really is no no need to do it. Did it affect the team in any way last year? No, maybe it was a benefit. So exactly, and you know what? Like I'm all about the good juju. When we won the Stanley Cup, 
it wasn't that there was no captain, but there was like co-captains, like one of the only teams ever to like have more than one player except the Stanley Cup in the modern era. So I think that's good juju anyways. But if it's not a clear, and we all know that Daryl's the captain right now anyways. Yeah, good point. We all know this. So yeah, I mean, you could pick, look, if he, if the, if the team was going to pick one now, it would either be Tanev or Backlund. How could you, how could you pick Hubert O'Caudry before even seeing the Uyghur, before seeing these guys even play one regular season game? You just, yeah, like er, you want to, you want somebody to earn the captaincy as opposed to just be given it. If if you're yeah, a clear cut. You want yeah. a clear cut captain. You want it to be like when Conroy gave Aginla the captaincy because it's like, yeah, that guy is the captain. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. He's the captain. So yeah. I, I have zero issue with it. So NHL started last night. A couple of good games, actually. I don't know if I watched a little right, bit of both. Zibinijet is so underrated, I feel like. I feel like he's – I feel like every time I watch the Rangers play, that guy is lights out. The Rangers beat the Lightning, and then Vegas beats L.A. Though They're both actually pretty entertaining games. Um, during the uh, the range, the sorry, the Kings-Vegas game, they had the panel in between intermissions predicting who's going to win the Stanley Cup. And Anthony is Anthony Stewart. Anthony Stewart is picking the Calgary Flames over the Rangers to win oh, the I th- Stanley I Cup. Oh, I think he said over the Lightning even. Didn't he? Yes, over the Lightning. You're right. Then Elliot comes on and says, well, since you can't really – he says, I got a rule you can't pick the Lightning – or the Avalanche, because they're too obvious. And he says, since you picked Calgary, I'll go Edmonton over the Rangers. And then David Amber picks the Rangers over Calgary. So you're you're in these conversations. We talked about this on the last podcast. you got the athletic ranking Calgary number two league-wide. You have... What's the analytic Mon- money puck has us money puck. highest odds to win the cup. And you're sitting here and usually this would get my juices just jacked. I'd be like, so excited. I'd be like, Oh yeah. Fuck yeah. But for some weird reason, I'm not excited at all. I'm not even moved by it at all. I'm just like, Oh, that's interesting. I don't feel anything, but I think that's, that's good. Good. I think that's a good indication. Yes. Because external shit doesn't matter to me any this year or to the flames or I, I don't care about that. And I think the other thing that in this kind of like confidence or like not caring about the external stuff is this like odd con not odd, this like earned confidence I have in the team this year, right? Like I don't need to be, I don't need to know that the flames, like I remember last year we, we were kind of like having a bit of an existential crisis both the team. And then we had Jay fresh on uh, Jay fresh hockey, Jack from Jay fresh. And he was like, you know, the flames are actually going to be really good this year. And we were kind of like, well, they are. Oh, well, yeah, maybe they are going to be good this year. You know, maybe. And they were really good. Nobody needs to talk me into the flames being good or bad this year. I was like, I know that they're probably, I know that they're going to be a good team at the end of the year. I know that they're going to make the playoffs. I know that this is probably going to be a fun season to watch hockey. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking forward to the cool, calculated approach to every single game that Daryl Sutter is going to have this team uh, execute because it's, I don't, like I said, I think we said this in the last one. I don't think we're going to see um, the pendulum swing that we've seen, not so much last year, but we've seen from this team in the last three or five seasons of like, mm-hmm. 
the Jekyll and Hyde show. Who's going to show up tonight? Are you going to dominate a great team 8-2? Or are you going to get fucking dominated by one of the worst teams in the league? 6 nothing, right? Yeah. I don't think we're going to see that anymore. I think you're going to see um, a very consistent team night in and night out that probably is going to play the same way. And over time, that that way is going to win you games more often than not. And I think you're right. It's going to be a pleasure to watch. Yeah, it's like it's like a it's like a just a continuation of last year where it's like the old Jeff Ward saying, which I can actually buy into now, is like, trust the process, trust the system. I trust the system of Daryl Sutter. I trust it. I trust it over a longer the longer period of time probably means more success. They got a lot of games at home to start the season. Yeah, they play the Oilers on the road on Saturday, but then like the rest are at home. Nine of the first 10 games are at home and the Oilers are just three hours up the road. So there's, they're playing most of their games at home to start the season, pretty much all of them in October. And then they start going on their first road trip. But this first stretch of games, you got some good competition. You got the defending Stanley Cup champions. You got the Edmonton Oilers beating the second round. You got the Vegas Golden Knights. I think they're going to be way better this year than they were last year. They looked better last night. Jack Eichel had a big goal. Mark Stone scores the game winning goal late in the yeah. game. You got Buffalo in there, which is nice. It's a must win right off the bat. But then you got Carolina, one of the other cup contending teams, followed by Pittsburgh. And then Edmonton again. That's a that's a tough. Yeah, those are that's, four elite teams. That's a tough October to start the season. The nice thing that we can sit here as fans, we can predict that this team will be ready. But my biggest concern to start the season in October is what Manji Pani is talking about today is there's still a feeling out process. You're still looking for that chemistry. You're still waiting for the gel to happen. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it happens quick. And if it doesn't happen quick, Hopefully there's other elements of the roster and in the lineup that can carry this team through October. Well, yeah, there's like ton that I think we're, we probably all got obviously really excited with the new additions, but that's the thing is like, there's so much roster turnover. It's not probably going to click like it did last year where it was like, Holy shit, this is unbelievable. These guys are just like rolling from like, I think they started the season last year, like six, one and one just from day one. It was just like, flipping a switch so i there's probably going to be some bumps and you know like you you haven't even seen it in preseason we were talking about this last night there hasn't been a lot of juice there hasn't been a lot of flow there haven't been a lot of games yeah. it's like yeah there's the flames it's like there's still a lot of turnover that has to like work that work its way into the lineup like even even just guys like lindholm has played with this with gaudreau for like like lindholm has to play with two brand new lines line mates who are very different than johnny gaudreau and matthew Kachuk or johnny gaudreau and sean monahan like that's your your top two lines are pretty much all different guys, so that's gonna be it's gonna be a huge adjustment. Jacob Markstrom isn't practicing today; he's got an illness. I don't know if that means he will or will not start against Colorado tomorrow. But I think at this point, even if Vladar starts, you're not too concerned. Um, but yeah, rolling into into the start of the season, Hubert Olinholm to fully top line, Dubé Kajimajipani, Coleman back on Lewis. So yeah. they're gonna they're gonna test Lewis in the top nine. Start we've the we've seen that before. I know Daryl likes that. I know a lot of the fan base hates it. Uh, I have enough faith in. Tri- I, I've said this. I did my Trevor Lewis spiel last time. It's like I know why Trevor Lewis is on the team, and I can't complain about him. And we've seen Daryl do this before by saying that he's gonna remain in the top nine until you bring in a top nine player, Brad. <laughs> so it's just a reminder that That's Brad right. needs to continue 
continue slaying this off season. Um, and then the D pairings, top pairing right now, Hannafin Anderson, Uyghur Tanev, Zadorov Stone until Shillington returns. No word on that. Have you heard any word on that? Some sort of family issue? Yeah. And Brad must be pretty said, serious because that's like, what, two weeks now? He's, yeah, it's been longer. longer, three weeks even. So hopefully everything's okay on that front. Well, are you ready for this? The roller coaster is it's about, about dude. It's, yeah, it feels like whew, I don't know if it's Christmas Eve, but it's just like I got to get a good sleep tonight because it's probably the last. It's probably the last one for a while here. It's the eve of the season opener, and boy, am I excited! Cushion, cushion is a pillow with feathers. Everyone that thought I was a liability in the playoffs, you can kiss my ass.